Hey everyone, my name is Dustin Elliott and welcome back to another episode of the Better Questions Better Life podcast, formerly known as the Y2 podcast. Each week on the podcast, I try and answer a simple but important question. How can we ask better questions to live better lives? To do that, I bring you dedicated episodes each week where I break this question down into bite-sized, thought-provoking, and tactical episodes designed to help you ask better questions pulled from industry experts, science, as well as my own observations and learnings. I also find and interview a range of industry professionals who all depend on asking good questions in order to achieve their work. From police detectives, journalists, scientists, medical professionals, and many more to glean the lessons and techniques they use to successfully do their jobs and to help you ask better questions. Of course, though, as always, I want to take a quick minute and thank the Better Questions, Better Life podcast sponsor, YZ. YZ is an easy-to-use online training software that makes it so simple to create and deliver online learning. The platform is very flexible and you can use it to automate a whole range of tasks in your business. From managing all of your employee training, train customers and partners in your products, track licenses and qualifications of your staff, create and sell online courses, capture more leads with free online courses and so much more. So if you haven't already done so, please make sure you check out their website at yz.com. That's w-y-z-e-d.com to check out some videos and even get started with your own 14-day free trial. Now remember, if you uh, like this episode and you want to hear more, please make sure you subscribe to the Better Questions, Better Life podcast wherever you find your podcasts. And if you haven't already, I'd love if you can leave us a five-star review. Make sure, of course, you jump over to our website. This is going to be a different website than you've heard previously on the uh, on the podcast. So just a quick note, uh, the Project Y2 podcast is no longer there. It's going to be the betterquestionsbetterlife.co, where you're going to find links, resources, soon to be a blog, and so much more. Of course, make sure you join in the conversation on our Facebook page, Instagram, at Better Questions Better Life, and you can follow along on the social media with the hashtag BQBL. Now, with that being said, we're going to get right into today's episode, the first episode of 2019, and if you're listening to us from the future, hello. Today's episode is going to focus on two key things, but to me, and we'll talk more about them in a moment, you'll see what I mean, they're really two sides of the same coin. Specifically, we're going to continue to look at the different biases and the different sort of psychological wiring in our brains that affect how we have conversations and obviously in that how we ask questions. And today we're going to be talking about social desirability bias and impression management. Specifically, we're going to tackle these two different components in with three questions. The first question we want to answer is, what are they? What is social desirability bias and what is impression management? From there, we're going to talk about why should you care? And then, of course, we're going to talk about how to mitigate and manage these conscious and subconscious biases to help you ask better questions. But as always, we want to start off with talking about what are they? And for that, I'm going to flip over to Wikipedia and read my uh, tried and true definition. And uh, starting off with social desirability bias, it reads like this. Social desirability bias is a response bias that has the tendency of survey respondents to answer questions in a manner that will be be viewed favorably by others. It can take the form of over-reporting good behavior or under-reporting bad or undesirable behavior. So 
For example, uh, personal income and earnings are often inflated when low and deflated when high. Feelings of low self-worth and or powerlessness are often denied. Bigotry and intolerance can often again be denied, even if it exists within the responder. Intellectual achievements can be overinflated, and physical appearance either inflated or deflated, and so on and so on and so forth. So, end quote, so on and so forth wasn't quoted, by the way. That was that was me. But anyway, that's basically what it is. And a lot of the writing I found on was really focusing on how people respond to surveys and questions. So, say you've maybe filled out a survey or a questionnaire on alcohol consumption, as an example. Quite often what happens is the social desirability bias is going to skew our responses towards a more favorable outcome. Say we're going to maybe mark we have fewer drinks a week than we usually do because quite often we can be worried about how that can be judged. And that really nicely segues into what is impression management then. So impression management is essentially the conscious or subconscious process in which people attempt to influence the perception of other people uh, about a person, object, or event. They do so by regulating and controlling information in social interaction. So, end quote. Now, I found another little bit of information um, uh, when I was researching impression management. I'll, of course, have all the links on show notes and the podcast uh, website, which I've given you a link before. But I want to just read this out to you because I think it does a really good job giving you a bit of a background, but also sort of summing it up a little bit more. So uh, a quote here I found, a bit of information I wanted to read out to you just to explain a little bit more about the uh, background and a bit more of an explanation reads as this. So the foundation and the defining principles of impression management were created by Irving Goffman in the presentation of self in everyday life. Impression management theory states that one tries to alter one's perception according to one's goals. In other words, the theory is all about how individuals individuals wish to present themselves, but in a way that satisfies their needs and goals. Other forms an impression of them and what and, and what a person may or may not do while performing them. So basically, what is all really trying to talk about here is that depending on the different social interactions we're in, we'll provide people with different information uh, depending on our goals. So obviously, if you're on a first date, you might want to overinflate income or accomplishments or other attributes you think the person might find desirable. Or you might, and or rather, you might downplay attributes that maybe you don't think are as desirable. And I'll, I'll leave it there. I'm sure you might think of a few things. Okay, so now we've defined social desirability bias and impression management. The next question is, is why does it matter? Why am I spending time uh, and why are you spending time, more importantly, to, to learn about this? Why does learning about these concepts matter? Well, the way I look at it is the whole point of asking better questions to live a better life is really rooted in the foundations of having a truthful exploration, uh, an open and honest back and forth dialogue. And the problem is, is that these biases, they'll they'll cause our conversations to become skewed because uh, one or more people, one or two people or more are trying to get to that quote unquote favorable outcome. But it robs us of our ability or the other person's ability to be vulnerable and open during these conversations. And, and that to me is one of the key ingredients for the best possible conversation. And I know what you might be thinking, look, what's wrong with a little embellishment here and a little embellishment there? And maybe nothing. 
But what I worry about is that if we do a little bit here and a little bit there, we don't give ourselves the opportunity to build up the mental muscle and resilience for those really important conversations when they come around. Like I said, and, and I do believe this, I've said this a lot on the podcast, how, how, we do, how we do anything is how we do everything. Not to mention, maybe you miss out on conversations that could be really, really important ones because you're just embellishing a little hair and changing a few things there. Maybe we lose out on an opportunity for those really important conversations. And the thing is, and something I really want to stress is I realize that this isn't easy. Um, I've got a story I'll share with you in a, in a little bit, but I realize that in life, there's this sort of this constant pressure on us to be seen or to appear like we have it all figured out. You don't necessarily want to be vulnerable in these conversations. These social desirability bias and impression management can be seen as a tool which is going to help us be seen and be viewed as somebody who is successful or knows what they're talking about or or whatever you want. And it's easy sometimes, I think, if we look at friends or family to say, look, I'll be vulnerable in those opportunities because it's safe. But one of the areas that I found most interesting is going to a lot of different events, networking and whatnot. And specifically going to a lot of startup events and technology-based events. And you can definitely feel there's this sort of this palpable pressure where people want to be talking about how good things are and about how awesome they are and how good and, and fantastic things uh, are, are coming across because you never know with that person maybe they might become a customer or an investor and you can definitely tell that people are leery of necessarily maybe leaning in or or having a, a bit of a different discussion. But to me, that's the real tragedy because at these events during opportunities where I have gone in and, and, and seek these different conversations and really been aware of these two biases, you, I've dropped into so many amazing deeper conversations and deeper discussions on issues, both good and bad. And to me, that's where the best and most enriching conversations can really happen. Maybe even somebody else is going through a challenge or looking for answers you might have already sound or, or found out or rather or solved. So by putting up this wall of impression management and social desirability bias, we don't have that ability to really, again, have that honest exploration and really look to find answers and get information which is going to help us improve our lives. And I really can't stress this enough that, again, you know, one thing I've really realize and I've had a lot of conversations with people around this is that a lot in the life we're really struggling through a lot of the same challenges it might look different it might sound different but I do believe that there's a heavy crossover of things that we're all battling with day to day and I mean that good and bad it doesn't have to be something terribly negative it might be something we're looking to get better at or improve upon and that's obviously not bad but there's ways to do it that are better and that somebody else might have found out but these biases, again, don't necessarily allow us to take down the shields to have those conversations, to lean in to the vulnerability, and obviously we overrepresent and, and so on and so forth. So I want to leave you with a quote for this particular part of the conversation here. Um, and it's something I think that does really relate back to these two biases and everything I've mentioned. But it basically goes, the quote is, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you don't, you know nothing about. So it's be kind always. And it's by Brad Meltzer. So the next and the last question that I want to talk to you about is looking at the question of what do we do about it? Now we've talked 
defined it, talked about why I think it's so important and, and how it affects our conversations. But the last thing I want to tackle now is looking at well, what do we do about it? And for that, I want to introduce you to, or probably more likely reintroduce you to concept by that a lady by the name of Brene Brown has uh, written on extensively, has some amazing books and even has a, a really good TED talk, which is going to both both her writing and the TED Talk are going to uh, well well worth it to to go watch those, and they're going to go into a lot more depth around this concept of of vulnerability. But hopefully, I can act as a bit of a, a distillation of that, and um, hopefully, this is a starting point for you to explore this. But obviously, one of the key antidotes I believe to to battle these two biases and to have just better conversations, more enriching conversations better questions, better life, is really this idea of vulnerability. And something that has helped me a lot is really looking to lead by example. So again, I can't stress this enough, Brene has a whole book on this where she explores this idea uh, of, of vulnerability and being vulnerable in the nuance of a professional setting. But a lot of my experiences come really when it comes back to the podcast. And many interviewers have talked about this as well, when you're trying to get somebody on a show to open up and talk about some pretty deep stuff. Uh, there is a real requirement that you are able to lead with that vulnerability first. So you might talk about how you had a difficult situation or some personal experience or something along those lines and that you might have had around a particular subject that you want your guest or you want your interviewee to explore. Uh, and what that does is that it basically creates a safe place for that perfect to answer, somewhere where they can be comfortable to open up a little bit more in that environment uh, where they know or they feel they won't be judged and maybe also developing and, and showing them the incentive for them to open up so you can potentially mutually explore the topic and its solution. Now, again, I can't stress, I know from, from firsthand experience that this is easier said than done. Uh, many times during my previous podcast interviews on the Y2 podcast, uh, which, by the way, you can find all the episodes uh, on the betterquestionsbetterlife.co uh, website under archive. Uh, but anyway, but the goal of the Y2 podcast um, was to get people to open up about their thoughts and feelings on their life's journey. And for these successful people, that was a lot on top of them being recorded. So everything they were going to say is going to be recorded out there. All the ups and the downs are going to be out there. So I was really focused on building rapport with that other person. And, and rapport is something that I'll talk a lot more about in the future uh, episodes, another really, really important tool. But the idea was to really get to know that person, start to create that conversation flow and that level of comfort. And this is also within the vulnerability and the rapport, something Tim Ferriss, as you know, I'm a massive fan, talks a lot about. And you can actually hear him as he interviews guests, especially ones maybe he doesn't know as well and doesn't have that rapport or is looking to really go deep on a particular subject with somebody, you can actually hear him as he'll talk about his own experience with that, uh, his own journey through that process. And you can then begin to hear that safe space being created where that other person will then start to share uh, their insights. And this to me is where the real gems are. This is where questions really, really matter in those instances. So on that, I promise I'd tell you a really quick story because I want to not just talk about vulnerability, but I want to 
lead with vulnerability here to start to create that that safe space for you to be able to go out and start to lean into vulnerability in other conversations. There's some homework here in a moment. But uh, not too long ago, actually, just the other day prior to recording this podcast episode, I uh, caught up with a really good, uh, a very good friend of mine, somebody who's a very successful podcaster, very successful in business, and is just a guy who seems to have his shit figured out, basically. Um, when I was chatting with him, it, there was something I really did want to chat with him about, something that I thought somebody in his position uh, as a successful podcaster in this instance would have some insight for. And that was that through this new iteration of the podcast, as I've created these solo episodes like today's, there's one thing I've really struggled with in the back of my mind, and it's this dialogue largely focused on and a question I ask myself that goes something to the effect of, why do I think I am qualified to to do an episode on this, to take your time to have these conversations? And this sort of self-defeating dialogue, this imposter syndrome, has really been rattling around in my brain over the last couple of months. And it's something that has caused me to take far too long to write these episodes and um, obviously really sucked a lot of the enjoyment out of that. So I asked him, and it wasn't an easy, it wasn't an easy question to ask. It uh, It was something that, I felt uncomfortable asking, even though I was a great guy and I knew that safe place was there. But when I was able to lean into it, the conversation dynamic changed so much as I shared my experience with it and looked to seek that out with him. And he was able to give me his own journey and how he'd gone through that process and the the tools and the the tips and the techniques and a a new self-dialogue that I could really start to talk to myself with and... and, um, an answer to that question and that was really important I mean this conversation wasn't very long it didn't take long for us to explore it and him to talk about his journey but that was a real watershed moment something that a little bit of advice was able to 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 remove a huge amount of the barriers and that's exactly what I mean that the impression management the instinct is to present some brave face some oh I'm doing fantastic I've got all these downloads and I've got all these opportunities and all those sorts of things that's the things obviously there's that social pressure but by leaning into the vulnerability by having that conversation with him I was very quickly able to gain hugely valuable insights that uh, that, that made a real a real meaning in my life and a real difference in my life. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of an insight as to its real world application and and give you a little bit of a feeling that, you know, you can do this as well. And on that, I've got a little bit of homework for you as I want to do with these podcasts. There's basically two bits of homework today. One is going to sound very familiar, but now that we've talked about social desirability bias and impression management, I want you to be aware and to think about your own times when maybe you're having those conversations with people and you feel that need to maybe that impression management starts to seep in and you're changing things. And again, I'm certainly not trying to advocate and I'm sure I'll get a message about this that you that you open up on everything and you just lay it all on the line. It's not about that, but it's about being vulnerable. It's about having creating spaces to have those meaningful conversations. Um, and on that, I want to then leave you with that homework as well to go use the next week the next couple days as an opportunity go find somebody who uh, or use the next time you're speaking to somebody who maybe you're getting to know or there's an opportunity there to lean in a bit more to the vulnerability take some baby steps and just take those initial steps start to build that muscle and that comfort being uncomfortable in those particular environments so I'll leave it there for today. 
As always, uh, a ton of links to some amazing resources I've gathered through the research of this uh, particular episode. They'll be uh, both in the show notes as well as on the podcast. Uh, There's also some really great notes that are related more around developing questionnaires and strategies. Uh, So for anybody who is having to create those sorts of things, there's some great uh, resources out there, again, on the show notes for you to be able to gather and look at, have a think about as you're looking to build questionnaires as questions. But with that being said, I'll speak to you soon. Hey everyone, thank you so much again for listening to today's episode. Just remember, if you want to join in on the conversation, make sure you jump over to the social media handles. You're going to find us at Better Questions, Better Life on Facebook, Instagram, BQBL underscore on the Twitter. Of course, you can make sure you jump into the hashtag BQBL. Of course, you can check out our website at betterquestionsbetterlife.co. And I obviously, I want to take a quick minute again and thank our sponsor, YZ. Make sure you get started with your own 14-day free trial at yz.com. That's W-Y-Z-E-D.com. With that being said, speak to you next time.